What do eight bags of concrete mix, a cooler full of 30-pound sea bass, and a 10-inch compound miter saw have in common? They're all things that are easier to load in and out of the bed of the new F-150. Thanks to its new available pro-access tailgate, that's also a swing gate. The new 2024 Ford F-150, tough this smart, can only be called F-150. Available starting early 2024, pro-access tailgate available starting spring 2024, cargo and load capacity limited by weight and weight distribution. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. That's I right. Think that's a good lesson for a lot of kids to learn, and maybe, maybe I'll teach my kids that. Like, are you good at anything? Are you elite at anything? Yeah. No, then you better be super nice to people. Yeah, yeah. Don't be an that's asshole. That's how I've gotten to where I am. That's <laughs> right. Yes. Oh yeah, that's right. It's the Chris Sims Unbuttoned Podcast. What the fuck happened Wednesday? Where we're not necessarily nice to people because we're going to yeah. dissect some good plays and some bad. We're nice to some people, you know. But I, I talk about this with my wife a right, lot. Right. Right. And I say, what is being nice, Yeah, right? Is being nice not telling the truth, right? Or is it just, hey, I think you struggled here. Improve on this. Yes. And I think that is being nice. I I, I don't look at it as being mean. You're right. It's not. It's not. And, of course, not for this business and what we've hung, you know, whether you're playing in the NFL or doing what we're doing, it's it's part of the job. I mean, it's competition. You're going to be evaluated on how you compete and what you do there. It's like giving your your kid candy every day. They want candy, right? Right. Some kids would be like, that's nice. Yeah. You gave your kid candy, but that's actually being mean. No, it's you're right. It's not doing them any good. You're right. right. You're right. That's where I always get into, like, my kids and I go, hey, listen, I love you. You know, I'm your dad. I mean, I'm your best buddy, but I'm also your dad. Like, yeah. and I'm not. No, we're not going to have the seventh candy bar today. Sorry, sorry, I've had enough, and that's where I get it. But do be nice. Teach your children to be nice. That's all that yes. matters. Respecting people, doing it the right way. I mean, again, I, I I I see too many men who are. Oh, I want my son to be tough and all. I'm like tough? What? I mean, what? Whatever. I don't. I mean, being be, being a man or being a good person. That all goes together. You know, treating people the right way, respecting people the right way, calling yourself out when you're wrong, doing those things. I don't understand that. So I always am trying to say that to my kids. They can, like, do almost anything. You know, I let my kids yes. swear, yep. whatever. They know if they're caught mistreating someone or getting in trouble at school for that, they will deal with the wrath of dad. And that, therefore, they don't get in trouble. At the top of the values pyramid yeah. is respect yourself and others. Exactly. Right? 100%. 100%. I'm like with you that. there. You like that? I like that. All right, well, cool. we just get, I didn't know that we were going to give Deep that thoughts kind of by like, Chris and Ahmed. On parenting advice? On Chris Sims Unbuttoned, episode 335, presented by Under Armour. <laughs> Always welcome yeah. Under Armour. And Paul's what usually up? here today. Paul is usually here today. I was like, I came in. I was like, wait a second. Hold on. I was like, the, we talked about these games already. I was like, I've already done this whole thing. What am <laughs> I doing go here? We're going to go deeper into the games, yes. Ahmed. Yes, Paul's out. I don't know what's going on. Either way, 
We called. No, in I you. do know what's going on. Paul's Paul's at the All American game. Oh, that's right. He's all American. This game. weekend, yes. where all the college players say where they're going if yep. they haven't already. Right. Cool game. I love that. I yes, love that. It is event. a cool game. It's a really it is, cool definitely. game. No doubt about so it. He's That'll there. Be he's on, calling uh, what, that game. Uh, Saturday on NBC. Saturday. I believe. Yeah, I yes. believe so. I think you're right. Yep. Yep. So he's gone. So I'll try to fill in for him the best I can. You can do it. I'll pretend I'm a former Iowa quarterback. You can do it. But the 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 reason I like this show too is because you do you've had a chance to go through and look at the tape. Right. But it's not all about like what happened last week. It's about what did you see that could affect the games in the future? No doubt. It's really what it's more about is like to inform people about like, listen, these are the issues with this team or this is something they can get better at and they got the potential to get better at that if they want to make a run here in the playoffs or get to the Super Bowl. That's, it is what it's all about. So we got three games that you took a deep dive yeah. into. We talked about maybe doing Jets and Bucks. But I, got, we- I got a good feel for it too. I didn't do as deep a dive as these three, but okay. I've watched it through on the coach's film. Can tell you just about right, anything so maybe you need to know about the game. If we got time at the end, there yeah we we're, i think we might through. hit two plays from that game either way play of the oh, fucking we day we're okay. going to show brady's touchdown to win oh, good, it good all right okay, and then good. i think we're going to show um one zach wilson laser maybe good we'll see okay all right i'd good. like to show my- that because zach wilson's kind of on fire lately he deserves a little love um so we'll talk about that game at the end yeah but we got three other games to get to before that we got the chiefs um we, we looked at that against uh, the bengals we've got Cards and Cowboys, and we've got Raiders, Colts. So all those teams, playoff teams, what did we see that could affect their playoff run here? Let's start with the Chiefs and the Bengals. we got a lot of plays that we want to look at from Joe Burrow, yep. Jamar Chase, right. a lot of the things that they did offensively, a lot of problems that perhaps the Chiefs have going into the postseason. Yep. But let's yep. start on the Chiefs' offensive side of the ball here. Right. Got up 14 nothing in this game. And something that you've said about Kansas City a lot is you, know, you, you want to see them be able to do – a diverse amount of things, yes, right? A right. little, a little, a little more, diversity, more diversity, right? Perhaps even more diversity in the running game. Yeah, yeah. Were you able to see that? Did they show some indications that that's going to be a possibility for them? They, they, they have. They have shown the, the yes. To me, it's the last piece of the puzzle here with Kansas City to maximize the potential of their football team, at least on the offensive side of the ball. Hey, listen, they did some really good things in the first half. I mean, whether Mahomes making the right reads, the right throws, he made some magic plays like we know he can do when nothing was there, and they still get a first down or whatever. You know, all of that was rolling early on. Now, the one thing I'll say about the matchup, it was cool. You could tell early on too. Some Cincinnati was not going to be overwhelmed by the speed or the talent on the Kansas City offensive side of the ball. You know, the, the Bengals, they got talent on, that, on the defense. They do. You know, their, their front four can get after the passer a little bit, like we saw. The secondary is certainly not overwhelmed by the Chiefs' weapons in any shape, way, or fashion there. Linebackers are pretty good, too. It was a good matchup altogether where, you know, clearly the Chiefs won the first half of the football game. All right? As the game went on in the second half, hey, here's some things. You know, Chiefs only had the ball three times in the second half. They only got the ball three times. Last time they touched it, it was 6.30, left in the fourth quarter. Never got to touch the ball again. You know, so that speaks more to like some of the issues the Kansas City defense had in the second mm. half. The first half, yes, the offense was rolling, no doubt about that. Had it going in both directions. I mean, passing the ball, running the ball. But I guess my big takeaway, more than anything, in a year where their passing offense is not as special as we've seen the previous three years, you know, they're not creating the big plays. To me, where I still look at it and go is, I, and, and I listen, I know they ran the ball well in this game. They could have ran it better. That's all I'm saying. They didn't take advantage of all that's there to be had, I think, in the run game to a degree. And that's my, maybe my big question about them going forward. Can they, in that big playoff game, where a team is giving them issues with the pass game and continues to play these deep passing looks, right? We're going to take away the big play. 
can Biennemi and Eric Re- uh, Andy Reid be patient enough to stay with the run game? They have an offensive line that can dominate the line of scrimmage mm-hmm. against a lot of teams. I wish they would have a few more run plays in the mix, but they have enough. And to me, it's just about the carries. And one thing I'll bring up here, too, just, you know, last drive of the game for the Chiefs. They go down the field, you know, to kick the field goal to go up uh, or to make it 31 all, right? And there's 543 left in the clock when they kick the field goal. Good smattering of plays, but really got down there because of the run game. They ripped some plays off. They get down there inside of the red zone. The Bengals play deep coverage defense at, you know, at the 18, 19-yard line, somewhere in that range. And first and second down, the Chiefs try to throw it. And it's just like, man, it's coverage all the way. You've just dominated them running the ball. You're opening up big holes. Run it again. Run it again. Get to third and two. Who knows? Maybe it'll be first down inside the 10. And, you know, you'll take some time off the clock, and maybe you'll score a touchdown. So that's just the one thing I question. And to me, again, I I love the Chiefs. You know that. I got respect for everything across the board, GM, head coach, all that. I just, hey, I, I think they can still maximize their offensive lines uh, ability in some of these games where they had a mismatch against the Bengals in the run game. And the pass game, they did not. That's what happened to me in the second half, to me, more than anything. You know, the Chiefs' penalties and all that, but it was created by the, the, the Bengals' pass rush. The mm. Bengals' pass rush won in the second half. And especially because they had to move Thune at the left tackle. Orlando Brown got hurt in pregame. Lucas Niang got hurt uh, early on in the football game. So the Chiefs weren't even at full strength on their offensive line. We're still doing awesome in the run game, but the pass protection was a little bit of an issue in the second half and led and put Mahomes in some tough positions, and that's why they only had the ball three times. All right, do you have an example of something they should have done more yeah. in the game? Yeah, I would love to show the run games. and okay. you know, We could have shown a few plays for sure, but like, let's hit it off. First off, I, I like the Chiefs when they're in these formations right here. I do. You know, again, this is to me where they're going to get teams to get people to creep up to the line of scrimmage, and then we'll get to see the Chiefs we want where he'll throw the ball deep for touchdowns. You know, his first touchdown pass of the day, Robinson down the middle, a post. It's a play-action fake, you know. They've shown a little success running the ball. The Bengals are down there. They hit the deep pass. That's because of that. To me, this is where they can – there's a little meat left on the bone still, and it's going to make them be the team – we want them to be, yep. which is high-flying, fun. I want to see Mahomes let it loose. If you're only listening, Chris has just stood up. I so have I just, just want to get a, a visual yes. of he's stood up, he's gone over to a board, but if you're just listening, he's going to describe this as well. Yeah, well, here we are. I mean, it's, a, it's an I-formation. I-formation, Kansas City, they got the fullback in, Gore's at tailback. Tyree kills in the slot to the left, and then outside of him, there's two receivers to, to Mahomes' left with the tight end to the right. And I'm not sure who this is down here in the bottom. I think it's Demarcus Robinson. But either way, you're going to have Tyree Kill go across in motion, almost like in the little speed sweep action, right? He's going to go out there really to just kind of block the edge and Eli Apple at the corner position over there. And within that, they're going to pull the backside guard and run a play that I would call uh, in, in the Gruden offense 96 power. All right, 96 power to where you know you're going to see the tight end kind of try to go up to the second level. The fullback's going to kick out the end guy in the line of scrimmage. That backside guard is going to go 
in between the tight end and the fullback and look for work yeah. for the first body that shows and a traditional old school run play. That's what I was going to say, a pretty basic basic like run play. School, I think we ran this in high school. Oh, everybody <laughs> runs this. And it's yeah. still a great run play. It translates to every level. I mean, you see, it's just block down, block down, block down, you know, block down, backside guard, come through the hole. The fullback's going to kick that end guy out of the line of scrimmage, and the guard's going to look for whoever shows up. He's just going to look for color. Anybody that's wearing an orange orange uniform, he's going to hit them. But I like when they do this stuff is my point first off. And as you see here, this is the point we're trying to make. Oh, he's getting ready to say set hut. What do you see in Ahmed? Safeties, right? They're playing too deep. They're playing coverage. Going they back. don't even care. Hey, your O-line's good. We don't think Andy Reid and Biennemi will really run the ball, and we're still too shit scared of your passing game. So we're going to drop the fuck back. And because of that, boom, you see how the fullback hits the end guy at the line of scrimmage. Look at the guard up to the next level on the linebacker, right? You see him, 73. Mm-hmm. Boom, he hits him. The tight end who combo blocked a little bit with the right tackle. He gets up to the other linebacker. And there you got Gore, who I like at running back. They got a little good combination between him and Williams at tailback. And this is what they're capable of. They really are. They're capable of this. And they're, the, the talent on their line... Reed's smart enough, the enemy's smart enough to draw up some good run plays. I wish they had a few more different versions of pulling guard plays. You know, they can get sometimes stuck in the inside-outside zone world where it's just, okay, here's inside zone, here's inside zone, which is okay, I get that, but you got to have a little diversity in your running attack too. And to me, you know, again, it's just if defenses are going to play like this and play always to stop the big pass down the field, this is the next move in the chess match. And if you want to be the team you want, you expect to be to get to the Super Bowl and maximize everything your roster has to offer this year, this is to me just where the Chiefs are, you know, leaving a little like meat on the bone, like I've told you. Is that just something they can do against the Bengals or are there other playoff teams I, they could do that against? I think they can do it against a lot of teams. I do. I think this is, you know, and I think they've kind of gotten in a little bit of an attitude here as they've gotten forward. Like they, they know they're going to have to run the ball a little, but they're, they're too talented to, yeah, I don't look at any defensive line. Other than maybe the Kansas, I mean the Tennessee Titans, where I go, okay, because I don't know if anybody can run against the Tennessee Titans. I mean the Tennessee Titans have a front four that's just that's legit. They got size and big guys on the edge, and they can they can be real. But it wouldn't be a mismatch, like not to the point where if they played Tennessee, I'd go, whoa, don't run the ball. No, you still do it. You know, again, you got a hundred million dollars on this offensive line. I mean, it's some big time assets that. You know, you use to get this team, whether it's through money and Tooney and, and Orlando Brown or the second round pick with the center, you know, Lucas Niang, who got hurt last week, second round pick from TCU a few years ago. And that, that's all I'm saying. Because listen, I, Mahomes is playing better. The past game has been, been better. It's not what it was two, three years ago, but still really good, still really dangerous, as we know. And to me, this will help out with some of these like, stale points we see the Chiefs offense go through every week right where you go oh my gosh they're unstoppable three drives in a row and then four drives in a row you go what the fuck they've gotten two first downs the last four weeks what the hell happened and to me this is where I want more as a fan of the Chiefs and Mahomes and Andy Reid well it's a defensive lineman defensive uh, tackle you can kind of pin your ears back if you're not scared of the run obviously yes right did, did you see that from the Bengals were they able to get a pass rush second half specifically against the Chiefs that was to me the big thing again I don't think they changed much of their approach as far as like secondary play what they did it wasn't a much different game plan than the first half I didn't look at it and go oh the first half they did this the second half they did this that's what happened no it 
was still pretty much the same same thing, except the fact that yes, the defensive line, specifically Hendrickson, really gave Tooney some issues. Who's not a natural left tackle and had to play an un, you know an unnatural position for him yeah. in this game, and he gave issues. And then it caused Mahomes to scramble, and then guys held because you know when the quarterback gets outside the box, they're like, wait, where are you going? Why are you running? They hold, and that put them in some tough positions. But I do think that would probably be the number one thing I saw in the second half that. I would say, yeah, changed the game a little bit from the first half. Is that 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 Bengals pass rush did get there? Hendrickson's a guy. Like yes. last year, he had the numbers, mm-hmm. right? But he was on the Saints. Yeah, like everyone else is kind of freeing him up. Up. I mean, he's turned into a guy. He's he's a guy. He definitely he's definitely a you know no matter what game I turn on, he has a package of plays where he pops. He's a difference maker that way. Uh, so yeah, he's a really good football player. Better than I gave him credit for last year with the New Orleans Saints. He he really is. You know, last year I, I was I I guess I wasn't totally sold on his high end talent. I think he's a little bit more he's a little bigger and physical than than I realized and and he he's got the ability to bend around the edge like a top tier pass rusher which I don't know if I gave him the credit for the way I should have. Can we flip to the other side of the ball of, here? Of course. Of course. Okay, they could. So let's do that cuz we yeah. got a lot of plays that you want to highlight yeah, on the Bengals. Yeah, this is the interesting one. Offensive side. And this is interesting because all right, what did we learn about the Chiefs defense up until this game? Like the Chiefs defense seems for real. Yes. Right? They can right. limit any offense even the high flying offenses until this game. Yeah. You saw those big plays. And so for the Bengals side of it, it's like, all right, did they figure out how to beat an elite defense here or what happened to, to give us the result that we got? So kind of big picture from your deep dive into yeah, both those sides right. of the ball. Yeah, 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 you know, the Chiefs defense is real good. It is. I don't know if I'm ever I'm gonna call it great. I do think even through the stretch they went in with winning and being dominant, they got fortunate to play some offenses that were either in some bad spots with some injuries. You know, Aaron Rodgers out with COVID. They got to play the Giants. They got to play the Cowboys with some receivers missing and Dak Prescott off his game, which will hit Dallas's <laughs> offense in a little while. It's funny you go, they got to play the Packers without Rodgers. They got to play this team without this guy. They got to play the Giants. Yeah, well, the <laughs> Giants. You know, they played the, Ra- they played the Raiders, who they match up really well with. Yeah. You know, that too. They got to play the Broncos team that we know has had offensive issues too, right? But then all of a sudden, and we know they played the Steelers two weeks ago and dominated. Yeah. But we saw the Chargers game. The Chargers, who can throw the football, you play too much man-to-man, Herbert and company are going to beat you. That, I mean, the Chargers controlled the football game. They really screwed it up to let the Chiefs come back and win the football game, ultimately. So, yes, the Chiefs' defense is good. I'm not sitting here ready to tell you guys that I go, oh, it's, it's one of the best in football, or it's the best in football. It certainly is hot. It has some... Areas where they can dominate and really cause some issues. Yeah, which it looked like they did early in the game. Definitely. I mean, it definitely. Their defensive line controlled the game early on, certainly. Some of the disguises and how they play you know, gave the Bengals some issues. Really, the big thing was, though, and, and to me, going into the matchup, was can the Bengals protect Burrow when he wants to throw the football? And I think that's the thing I came away with here more than anything. Uh, it, we'll get into this. I want to. I want to explain the rest of my points as we go here. Either way, but what was different for the Chiefs in this football game is that um, they're an aggressive defense. The Bengals offense has every. I love the Bengals offense. They do everything. They have everything. So you, there's a lot to defend. Let alone the weapons, and then you have a quarterback who's aggressive and understands defenses and how to read coverages and all that, and they do something that I also love too, Ahmed, where this is, again, a tough matchup for the Chiefs. They want to be aggressive and play man-to-man. Burrow and them, they're the type of guys that go, fine, our man is better. 
And the guy throwing the ball is really good, so we'll yeah. just we'll throw it outside the numbers. And you might not know which man you're talking about exactly. as far as a receiver. Exactly. Right? Well, like, what guy are you going to key on? Because we've seen different guys go off in different games. Hey, well, th- that was one of the interesting things to me about early on in the football game. And I, I wrote this, I think, in the notes to, to Pete. And I, I don't know if he passed them along to you because I kind of give Pete the cliff note versions instead of sending him my whole page here. And it's just like... Early in the game, I got the sense the Chiefs were more scared of T. Higgins than Jamar Chase. Like if you, if you, if we, I think if we broke down the first half of plays, you'd go, "Oh, they clouded the T. Higgins side more than they did to Jamar Chase's." Hmm. Now they had to change that after they saw Chase burn by him a few times. They go, Coach, you sure but, about this? <laughs> but your point is real. Yeah. Your point is real. And here would be one of my broad points of the football game, and I'm going to show them here in a minute. I know Chase made some unreal plays. They got burned two times in cover two in this football game. The both long touchdowns by Jamar Chase were covered two. And I think that affected a little bit or spooked Spagnolo Spagnolo from like calling zone defenses at times because that was like still in his brain a little bit. Like, mm-hmm. oh man. And to me, yes, I know they had those two plays. But as the game went on, and even early on in the football game, when Burrow had to play against coverage and they didn't blitz and leave guys on islands, and he had to pat the ball one time because maybe someone's not open right away, the pass rush got there, and it caused yeah. issues. And to Consistently me, this year, it's gotten there it's too. On exactly right. And, and that's one of the weak spots of the Bengals. And, of course, the Chiefs can rush the passer. Fine Clark and Chris Jones are as good as it gets right now in the game. So that is where one thing I looked at from you know, the Chiefs aspect on the defensive side of the ball to where I know you got burned. I, I know that. But you also, hey, one play was a freak play by Jamar Chase, the first one where he caught the little out route and then split everybody and ran up. Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, that's just a superstar making a play. It's going to happen. The next time, the first play or the second play of the second half when he catches the long ball down the left sidelines, which we'll show in a minute, yep. you know, that was just execution of the Chiefs' defense and them being a little too cute. You know, but when they played a little bit more vanilla, and like I said, made Burrow just, oh, wait, i got to read this and pat the ball an extra second, man – I mean, if he got the ball off, it was like, oh, he just got it off. He was about to get crushed. Or he got sacked. And to me, that's a little bit where Kansas City let the Bengals off the hook because, oh, now we're going to all-out blitz. And now Burrow just goes, well, like you just said, I got three guys. Can you match up with all three of these guys? I I don't think so. I'm going to find one, and I'm going to make a play. And that's kind of what happened, and that, of course, was the big story of the football game. Spags was nervous, though, that he, if he got beat on zone again, you'd be here on the pod going, like, you got beat on zone one time, I you know. got beat on zone two I times, know. change I, it you're up, right. you got to figure it out. About, you're right. Listen, yeah. keep me. you're right. That's what sucks about being a football coach or player <laughs> is sometimes you can't be right. And I try to be fair here with that. Yeah. But, yeah, those two plays, I understand how they could scare you. But I'm going to show you some other plays where I go, see, when they do this, Man, it's 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 just it's a roll of the dice for the Bengals to make sure it's not a a crappy play. Right, and uh, that was one of the things that jumped out about. All right, let's start with yeah. Joe Burrow and yeah. kind of things that he may have been able to pick up in this game. Yeah, you know, taking coverages uh, from one play and applying it, maybe looking at the tablet and applying it to a play later on in the game. Do we have do we have an instance of yeah. that? Yeah, I think this is a cool moment right okay. here. Now this is like right at the end of the first half, right? Okay. So they're going down. It's 28-14, which is another kind of unspoken little turn of events here that happened in this game. The Chiefs had the ball. Mahomes threw a bomb to Tyreek Hill, and he dropped it at the Bengals' 10-yard line or 15-yard line. They had to punt a play or two later, so they had a chance to extend their lead and instead had a punt, and now 
the, they get the Belichick 10-point swing here because they're going to get a field goal before the half, they get the ball to start the second half, and they score again. Mm-hmm. But here's a play that I love this kind of shit. All right? And this is, um, like I said, nothing special here, but we're going to show why it makes sense here in a second. It's, it's, it's the Chiefs kind of trying to disguise. You're not seeing all the pre-snap stuff here. You know, Sorensen was down here. They're getting ready to say set hut, and now he's going to back up, and they're going to play too deep. All right? And what you're going to see here is a clear go route by Higgins on the outside. And then Uzoma is going to run a little out route, right? And right now, probably at pre-snap, Burrow probably thought it was man-to-man or maybe even two-man. He's probably thinking, either way, I don't think this is a cover-two zone type of look. And you're going to see here as he gets the ball in the shotgun, he looks to his right. He's looking right at Azuma. See, I think right now he sees this guy in trail technique, and he's going, wait, it's man. He'll continue to carry this guy up the field. He's got inside leverage on the tight end, so he's probably thinking it's – I'm thinking a two-man. I'm guessing that. But as you're going to see here as the play goes, the corner's going to fall off and play a true cover two. And then within that, the safety's got to get high and wide because he's got to cover the corner's ass with the guy running the vertical. All right, so here you go. Now, mm. he was fooled, right? Yep. Throws the ball. Azuma almost gets decapitated and loses his head, and it becomes an incompletion. Could have been an interception either way. But what I guarantee he saw was this right here where he went, wait, this, there's a hole here for me to drive this ball in. He's not wide enough or over here enough to make the play on this ball. And so there we have that play, incompletion, yep. okay? Right before the half. Right before the half. They kick a field goal two plays later, all right? Burrow's so, like, I, I messed it up. I almost got my tight end killed. He looks at the tablet, and he's going, man, I bet you, listen, if we call this play again and I see this, I'm, I'm going to look at that same out route guy, and they're going to bite on it, and I'm going to hit the guy in the hole. How long did he have to wait? Two plays in the second <laughs> half. And let's go to that one when we can here. Um, because this is this is cool. So again, we're not seeing the the total pre-snap picture because before this started, again, Sorensen was down here, and now he's literally just got back here in this still shot that you're it's seeing. Kind of the same thing he was doing last. It's time, the right? same exact thing. It's all the same except this time it's to the slot receiver side, the two receiver side, and you got Chase on the outside and Boyd on the inside. And there's two things here. It's cover two again. You know, the cover two, the rules for the corner. Force the guy outside, which Charvarius Ward is going to do. Or that might not be Charvarius. That might be uh, – I'm not sure who that is. That might be Hughes on the outside. Force him outside, and then he's going to get his eyes around and look at number two to see if he's threatening him out here. The safety, Sorensen, who's had a rough year with stuff like this. First off, he's going to turn his body a little bit like he might be playing a single safety defense. I don't know if he's trying to mess with Joe Burrow to give him kind of a bastard look or if he's just messing up. But either way, like I told you in the last snap, cover two, you got to get high and wide. I mean, I played for Tampa in the heyday of Tampa too. The first two steps for the safety, no matter what, even if you think it would run, they would always say you got to take three backpedal steps. Three backpedal steps on like that 45-degree angle to the, the sideline. Well, I'm going to play this, and you're going to see. Oof. All right, so he's hopping up a little bit. Now look where he is right now. Look, he's playing like vertical up the field. And you can see this here. Look, I mean, this is great. We got the vision, all of that. But as we go through this, look at, all right, you're seeing how this is playing out. Look at his body position. 
This is not ideal for somebody running a vertical here because he's going to have to flip his hips and get over there. Right now, he's playing like he's worried about an in-middle post or whatever. Whatever it is, he can't do that. All right? And now we're going to see within this, he's going to run the out route and corner's going to come off, but he doesn't recognize it quick enough to get high and wide. Now, again, I don't know if this was a true cover two call before the snap or if they call quarters. And then because the slot receiver goes out, it goes to a cover two correction. That is a real thing. Uh, in, in the football world, that, so that happens. So what would that mean? The corner then would have to stay with them? Yeah, even if it, even if, the, if it was quarters, yes, yeah, straight quarters. But I, they're playing a defense either where it's called cover two or it's on him to read the number two slot receiver. And if he goes out, now it becomes cover two. All right, if that makes sense. Sure. Did I explain that the right way? So now you see here Sorensen with his body positioning. Um, Joe Burrow stares down Boyd. But he knows, man, look at all this area I have. Plus, this guy right here with his hips this way has got to spin around and try to get there to, I mean, arguably one of the five fastest guys in football. I mean, Jamar Chase, is it, it's that fast. It, it really is. And here you go. Look, so now he's flipped his, he flips his hips, and the other mistake Sorensen does, flips his hips and gets no depth, comes right down the line, right, mm-hmm. to the sideline. And, you know, so he goes right horizontal to the sideline instead of getting depth. And look at him. As soon as the ball goes, oh, geez, oh, God, and he's gone. And that's all about the positioning, uh, the way you're lined up pre-snap, and, of course, you know, having your, having your body in the right position to make the play that you need to make there. Yes. And that came back to bite him in the ass. And, of course, boom, it's a game changer. I mean, of course it's a game changer. I know. I made it 28-24, but – you know, to get the ball that quickly, score like that. So I feel like that scared Spags a little. Okay. Between that play and then the first long touchdown, all right, and I'm, I'm just going to do this without even – the first long touchdown was somewhat similar to this, all right, and this was Chase, and he caught the little out route. It was a true cover two, and now they just all had a rally to tackle him, and he just ran by everybody. And let me just say, for Jamar Chase to run by the Chiefs defense for a 67-yard touchdown when he came from a dead stop, the Chiefs have some dudes that can fly. Like, people don't do that. to the, You don't see the Chiefs give up 80-yard touchdowns because they have guys that can run you down by the time you get to the 6-7 yard line. That was one of, like, he ran away from Legereus Sneed and Juan Thornhill. I mean, they catch everybody. I, you know I watch the Chiefs every week. People break out in the open, and they run them down every game. And they couldn't run him down. That's, that's where Chase is special. There are very few guys that can change a game by themselves. Yeah. Right? It needs to be part of a scheme right. or to break a play like that. Right. Like Jamar Chase, Superstar. that ability Superstar. is one of a handful. Exactly right. It's a special group of receivers that can do that. And that, you know, that's, again, where you know, I favor those guys at times. And you know where I'm going to have to go because oh, you're grinning. Here we go I again. Know, you know, but I favor those guys more than Packer, some of the guys. If you're a Packers fan, just I'm not even going to say the, his name. No, hit the 30-second <laughs> skip button, you know, no, or, or maybe Or any a receiver minute. like that. That's why I love the Jamar Chases of the world, where I respect the other group of receivers. Mm-hmm. And just, man, guys like that who can flip the field in such a hurry. Him, Debo Samuel, A.J. Brown, Terry McLaurin, D.J. Moore. You know, where it's just routine plays where you go, oh, this is routine. But they make it look like it's exotic and awesome because 
you know, they have three rockets up their ass. Tyree Kill. Right. You know, that kind of guy. But not uh, Devontae Adams. <laughs> I, well, Devontae Adams needs a precision passing game and okay. all that. And that's what he does. But he's awesome. I, again, he's don't, awesome. I know. He's but, awesome. But we get it. We yes. get it. Uh, he's Chase, awesome. Chase was uh, gone. Uh, so, so that scared him off the zone. Yes. You know, and they were like, all right, I don't know if we want to do that. But we do have an instance here. And do you want to show this right now of that defensive line, Chris Jones, getting to – Getting to Burrow? Yes, still, I do. Yeah, even you after know, that. And again, here, we're, we're in a first and 20 situation. Here we are at the end of the football game, right? Yep. All right. They're on the, the Bengals are on the 34 yard line, you know. And man, I do like these Bengals uniforms with the orange and the um, orange <laughs> socks. Uh, yeah. I, I kind of like it. They I, haven't they haven't changed a lot, no, right? But the but orange they, socks are different. The orange socks are different. The and jerseys are a little cleaner, a little cleaner, and they're winning. Which You're was right. which it's is amazing the best how part it of a rebrand. Your thought, yeah, it really does. <laughs> Joe Burrow changed the way I look at this fucking uniform. It's should amazing. We, should we change our Should we change our uniforms? No. What if we just win? Uh, yeah, yeah, that'll help. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right, right. But they did change them. We do like it. All right. Yeah, yeah, they're that's right. Better. You know, the 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 uh, the 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 owner. Yeah. Of the Brown family, who always would say, "Like we're not changing the helmets." Yeah. I told you that story at the combine. Yes. Don't change them; these, these are good They're uniforms. Good. Although, Joe B, an all white with the black striped helmet. Oh, the, that, would, that might would be, be cool. cool. Alternate, just one day, experiment with it. One day, no doubt. Next year, no doubt. All right, so here, I don't even want to really stand up for this play, okay. but end I will. Of, this is the end of the game. 31, end of the game. 31. First and twenty, thirty-one, thirty-one, four oh nine left. I just want to pay pay attention. To, it's all about what I'm trying to tell you here. Is it's going to be a four man rush? All right. And they're going to play coverage. I'm not really into, like, trying to show you. And what's cool here, they're playing some cool coverages where I want to go, like, where was this, you know, a little earlier in the game? Look, they're kind of doubling this guy, right? He's man-to-man, which is a little scary there. He's man-to. They're going to double the tight end here a little bit. But it's a four-man rush, and it's coverage, all right? And you're going to see here, this was a little bit of the story of the game. When they played coverage like this and did this type of these type of defenses – their pass rush got home. And as you can see, it's getting home in two different spots here. Frank Clark and Melvin Ingram are whooping ass. You know, so Joe Burrow has no chance. So, oh, okay, now it's you know, second and 27. Boom, you got that, right? The play after this, all right? Uh, and you can go on to the next play, Pete. The play after this is also coverage, all right? So you're going to see here. We're going to watch it again. It's coverage, all right, it's a similar type of coverage where they're playing some brackets. But look again, the pass rush is getting there. Yeah. It's it's like oh, you better make it to get to the top of your drop, make a decision, and throw it because we're gonna we're gonna get there. All right, and he's gonna throw the ball. It's gonna be incomplete down the left sideline there. Good job by Fenton on on Higgins. All right, but yes, that to me was one of the where areas where I want to go. Where where were some of these defenses? Why didn't we play some of this coverage? You know, a little bit throughout the game, and I do feel like. This is one area where they might have dropped the ball because now, like we talked about earlier, they played in the hands of the Bengals of like, wait, we can't block that good, but now you're making it to where you're blitzing us, and i got to throw it quick. I know that before I even drop back. I'm not even reading anything anymore. And now I'm playing one-on-one matchup outside, and my three guys are better than your three guys. Even though I like these Chiefs corners, right. they're not, they're not, they can't match up with these guys all game long. So after showing those last two plays yeah. here, end of the game, crucial part of the game, you figured something out, you're getting the pass rush there, yeah. you're playing coverage, right? you would think you'd, you'd call do that something again. similar. You'd do that again on third But I, th- this is where, you know, again, the Chiefs, they go for the jugular, which is cool. 
But at times it comes back to bite them in the ass. And this is one where I'd go, I just, I don't understand the thought process of going to the jugular here. And let's pull that next play up, Kristen or Pete, when you get a chance. Because first off, it's third and 27. There's 319 on the clock, right? You got three timeouts. Like, so what? Like, what they're, they're getting greedy here. And they're trying they to knock them, them out of field goal, goal position. Exactly right. That's what they're doing. They're getting greedy. They're trying to get another sack to where they got to punt the ball. And what I want to go is just like, let them throw the ball right here, make the tackle, and make them make a 52-yard field goal. And if they make it, you're down by three with 255 left and three timeouts, and you got the coolest fucking quarterback we've ever seen on the sidelines over there. I mean, literally. I mean, it's, it's like it's a win for your team. That's a win, right? If I told you the Bengals were up by three with 250 left, and Mahomes got the ball. Like, what would be your reaction? Yeah. Right? Ball game. Ball game. Most people would just go, well, the Chiefs are going to win. I mean, at the very worst, they'll tie it. If you're going to bet your money, you're going to bet on the Chiefs. You're going to bet on the Chiefs and Mahomes have the ball last. But that's an interesting thing because as a defensive coordinator, you're trying to prevent points at all costs. No doubt. Like, the only thing you're thinking about is I don't, I don't want no, any points. No doubt. So we got to get them out of field goal range. I mean, is there enough time for, like, an Andy Reid to be like, hey, don't worry about, like, let's just not yeah. get a first down here. Or is he yes. thinking that Spags is already thinking that? Or, he I mean, might be. He might trust Spags. But to me, this, like, this is goes, I always tell like, WWBD, what would Belichick do? All yeah. right? And Belichick would go, wait, wait, the only thing that's hurt us all game is, like, this guy beating us man-to-man here in the second half and all that. You know, I know we showed the other plays, but, like, that's scary. I'm not going to take a chance right now and play a defense where, yes, we might knock them out of field goal range, but, yes, they might make a big play, and now we're really in a bad spot to where, oh, crap, we might have just been down three, but now we might actually fucking lose the game and not get the ball back with any time. And here we go, all right? And, and, and again, here's the other point, too. Hey, they've already been burnt in this defense a bunch throughout the game, all right? You've already seen one-on-one. Like, haven't you seen enough at this point? He caught a jump ball for a touchdown the, the drive before, to, or, you know, or at the end of the first half. So here on so, third and 27, third and 27, they're rushing how many? And they're rushing, they're, they're rushing seven. It's, it's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. It's, it's four on four football. This safety right here is playing man on this guy, right? On the I mean, back. Yeah, on the back, in the backfield. He's really not back here to do anything coverage-wise. If the back got on the backfield, he's got to go get him. This is an all-out cover zero look. We call it cover zero because there's zero safeties in the middle of the field, ultimately. You see where the safety – his eyes are on the back coming out of the backfield. You see it? Yeah. You know? So that's, that's where we are. Now, somebody has the tight end here. If the tight end came out, I don't know if Ingram would take him or maybe uh, 56 would come out to take him. There's somebody responsible for him within this seven for Uzoma, too. But either way, you got Chase, who's on fire here going down the right sideline against Traverius Ward, and this is where Chase is just special, and so is Burrow. I mean, Chase plays bigger than his size, and he has unbelievable strength and body control, and that was a huge part of the football game. That really was, and uh, just one where, you know, again, the Bengals are good. I'm not taking any credit away from them, but I don't, I don't understand, the, I guess, some of the, the, defensive, the defensive call there. I don't. Yeah, that's... Um... I you can just, see that you can see what they were trying to do, I can right? See Knock them out. I understand we're going to get there, but they were getting there without having to do all of yep. that stuff. And yep. that's, I mean, they're seeing the same thing there. I, I, the, both these teams are going to be fascinating to watch because they can do all that stuff. Now, 
real quick, and I know we didn't talk um, about Patrick Mahomes and the near interceptions. We did a little bit on Monday. Did you see that at all? Because, I mean, they've had interception issues. Patrick Mahomes has this year more yeah, than any other year. Right. Um, did you see anything specifically there? With like him, like the the, the decisions. There were they dropped two interceptions. They dropped two interceptions right in their chest. Because there, early on in the year, it's like, all right, is Patrick yes. Mahomes just getting unlucky with turnovers, right. or is he making bad decisions? No, it was a little bit of both. He got unlucky, but he was, you know, like we we broke down in, in a lot of podcasts, and I know you're not always here on Wednesday to kind of see that, but yep. we had at least three or four podcasts where I went, no. no, no this is a Mahomes issue. Yeah. He's not playing his best. And did it happen again in this game? No, not to that extent. Okay. Listen, so what happened to him in this game, hey, you make mistakes or whatever. I didn't look at it and go, you know, early on in the year, he might have been making those mistakes, but there was also like 12 or 15 other mistakes to go along with it. So you're like, man, this is not polished and all over the place right now. This game was pretty clean. Except, hey, they put a lot on him, and they expect him to make throws. And, of course, he thinks he's the magic man, too, to where hey, there's going to be some plays like that for sure. Big Badu, too, said, love the pod. Wanted to know your thoughts on the pass inconvenience call on Legereus Sneed. I thought that was the biggest play of the game by a ref. Yeah. Is, that, is that a new term? Is that pass inconvenience? Uh, he's, yeah, I, think he's, I think he's trying to add a new term. Like I like that. Like, like nothing to pass. Or, I know. I was, like, right. that's, I was like, was that a typo or was that intentional? There were like some it. calls that went against the Chiefs down the end, whether it was that pass interference that I did not like. Uh, yeah, beginning and of that the fourth was the, quarter. That was the beginning of the fourth quarter. Is that when it was? Yeah. yeah exactly. I, I want to say it was the same drive, too, where there was a roughing the unnecessary roughness for tackling the receiver too hard. Oh, they you thought know? it was the, was that where they thought it was the horse they collar? They thought he they thought he like threw him to the ground. And, and grabbed, I want to be like, oh, yeah. like it wasn't I don't it wasn't the horse collar it was one. Not it was one. not that one. No. It was one where I think I think it was Legarius Need, it might have been Charvarius Ward, where yeah, I you know yeah, it was the the third drive of the second half. They got a questionable PI call that jump started the drive and then hit a one on one ball to Higgins. All right. Uh, that was that was it was that same drive, and then the, yes, there was the unnecessary roughness call, and which was a bad call. I mean, you know, again, it, it didn't he didn't WWF suplex the guy. He it's a big guy. He was trying to bring him to the ground. He kind of whirled him around just to bring him to the ground, and they threw the penalty. And that's where you know, there's there's not enough common sense by the referees right now. All right, last two things: the Bengals can they do this against Cleveland this week? Can they do some of the same things? Will Cleveland have issues? Cleveland's got talent. Cleveland does have talent. Side. Yeah, Cleveland's advantage, you know, thing with them is their pass rush, you know, is is talented too. They could get to Joe Burrow. Yeah. Now, like, I I, I hope the Bengals don't play anybody. Like, I, I don't even want them to play. So like, you don't think that it's worth it for them? Because they can still get technically the one seed. Oh, that, I'm wrong then. Yes, they got to keep playing. They got to keep, keep playing. They got to keep playing to a certain extent here. They But just be careful. But guys, where they're going to be... You know, to me, where this will be different than the first matchup, too, is just Bengals offense executing at a much higher level now, too. And you've heard my concerns with the, the Browns. It's just too much of the same defense. They don't ever treat anybody with any special effects. They just let everybody go off against them. Devontae Adams, oh, who is he? Oh, he's just running down the middle of your team, just 100 yards in the first half. You know, like you've heard me say in the past, early in the year with Tyree Kill, oh, just let him fly down. Who's he? I've never heard of Tyree Kill. They don't treat anybody with any, you know, special attention. And I would think they could pick apart Cleveland, and it's over for Cleveland. Um, so, yes. But I do want them to be careful about Joe Burrow. Protect here. Protect. Yeah, yeah he did hobble sure. off the field last yes. year. He said it wasn't a big deal, but yeah. I forgot they could still win the, the number one seed. They can My get, bad so there. can the Chiefs yeah. at Denver. 
And maybe that's a spot where the Chiefs can work on some of those run game things. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd like to defense. see that. I would. You know, again, I don't expect Tennessee to lose to the Houston Texans. Yep. But you never know. Never it know. is the NFL. Uh, it, it, you know, I know you and I had this conversation a little bit before the, the, the pod. Like, there's no great team in football this year. Not in my opinion. And it is a year about matchups. And I just wonder if any of these teams are kind of trying to look at who they could get matched up with for week one wild card weekend. Because I would think there's some teams where I would want to avoid certain teams. Mm. Like, I mean, you know, again, I know Kansas City can still get the one seed, but yeah, look at them at at number two right now, and they're going to have the Chargers on the first wild card game as it stands right now. And I know things could change, but like, that's not a good matchup for them. It's not. It's it's one of the teams they match up with worst out of all these teams in the playoffs. Where I'd go, they could lose at home to the Chargers. Mm-hmm. I mean, they should have lost in L.A. They lost to them earlier this year in Kansas City. That's not a good one because, again, the, why that's not a good matchup for them is just to go like, well, the Chargers can protect, right? So they can protect. So that pass rush that we just saw it might not get there. Right. And then the Chiefs are going to play one-on-one, and Herbert's got some weapons and a receiver and a system, and you go, that's dicey. And then Brandon Staley, his bread and butter is pass defense. And we know Mahomes and company want to throw the ball, and they're not always patient enough with the run game. So I look at that and go, damn, if I'm the Chiefs, I just would go, ah, fuck, I don't want to see them the first round. You know what would be kind of cool? And if yeah. you get the two seed, you might get them automatically. You're I like, know. wow, that's the reward for the two seed is I that know. we got to play, don't even uh-huh. get a buy anymore, and we uh-huh. get the worst matchup. Yep. You know, they've talked about this before of having a draft after the regular season. And so, like, the Chiefs would get first pick of their opponent. Yeah, yeah, And then, right. like, maybe Cincinnati would get the second pick. Gotcha. And then Buffalo would yeah. just get the remaining yeah. team. That might be kind you. of interesting, right? It, it would be interesting. It would, yes. You know, but, yeah, I mean, it's not going to happen. Now, one thing what do you mean I, it's not going to happen? Why? Thing, because that's just not, they're not going to let teams draft who they want to play. Not right now. Maybe in the future. <laughs> you could start that. There you go. The forward pass is never going to happen. But look at us now. now <laughs> look we got at the us forward now. Pass. Look at you. Look at you. <laughs> But yeah. I do think that's an interesting element, nonetheless, yeah. just to see. And again, I, coaches aren't wired that way to think like, oh, let's lose so we don't have right. to play this team. That's not what who they knows, are. Maybe it'll work out anyway. But it's got to yeah. be in the back of their – exactly. That's what they're looking at. Well, maybe the maybe something will happen to where the Chargers are the sixth seed and it's the Raiders who are the seventh seed. Right. Yeah. right? And now, oh, the Raiders we match up great with. Yeah. The Raiders are – it's great. I mean, they, they all dominate the Raiders. Again, we, we get to the game and this guy's all of a sudden out. He's in protocol. Or that, that, that could happen you know, you, too. You can't that even could happen too. But, yeah, the Raiders, you know, they're, they're a team that's – it's the same defense every play. The Chiefs have figured out how to attack it. You know they'll be able to block the Raiders' pass rush, which is one of their strengths. So they can block that. You know the Raiders don't have a scary speed guy, big time downfield passing game. So you can play aggressive coverages and do that, right? So that's where it's like that's a good matchup. But it's just one of the intriguing factors of the playoffs this year. Justin and so good. Thousands of spring deals at your Nordstrom Rack store. Save big today on new arrivals from Kate Spade, New York, Nike, Sam Edelman, Free People, and Madewell, starting at only $30. Great brands and great prices on dresses, denim, sandals, designer bags, and more. So rack your look and get first dibs on spring styles you want now from just $30 at your Nordstrom Rack store. What will you find? All right, we'll get to the Raiders here in a second, but we want to let everyone know that we are supported by Under Armour for a few more days here. And just like us, Under Armour wants to give you an edge. Yes, they do. And they are focused on performing better and taking their game to the next level. 
Everything from running shoes that propel you forward to hoop shoes that give you insane grip. They even make hoodies that reflect energy, Chris. Damn, that's cool. Yep. We're not just about the end result, winning, or glory. Under Armour is about the hard work, the dedication, the cycle of training, competing, and recovering. We give you advantages, but not shortcuts. The, the only, only way is, is through. through. I mean, really a shame because we've perfected that perfected. to this point. Yeah, we've, no. got it to, we've got it down to a, a, a yeah. science and an art form. Yes, we, we are special. The Cowboys, I don't know that they – we thought that their offense was – down to a science and an art form, and then things started to go a little haywire for him. They've got an injury now. Michael Gallup is out. Uh, they lose to the Arizona Cardinals in this game. 25-22 was the final score. But what can we learn from this game? What did, what did we, with our deep dive of Dallas, and we'll start with Dallas's on, the, on offense, because I think that's the most interesting in this game. Definitely. It's like, what has happened? At times, yeah. they've just been shut down completely, and not even by playoff teams. No. And so you wonder, is Dak a little off? So big picture, you dove a little bit deeper into what's going on with the Dallas offense. Right. Uh, so Dak is still a little off. It's not, again, not to the, the ability we saw early in the year, but like... It, it, to me, it, it's become official. Where I kept giving, like you know, a silver lining, like Dallas will get things corrected. It, it, there's there's a little too much talent on the team. I, I I think I'm past that point. And not to say that, like, listen, I still think their offense is dangerous. Of course it is. It's got weapons, and Dak Prescott's still good, and Amari Cooper, and you know, Cedric Wilson, and and C.D. Lamb. I mean, that's a damn good group. You know, they're going to get Blake Jarwin back. It sounds like a tight end, but. Here, if you want to give me, you know, if you want me to give you, you know, the quick overview of mm-hmm. the Cowboys, the, here would be my broad statement. First off, the, the running game's not going to get better. It's not. I've given up on it. It's not going to happen. Their offensive line's overrated. All right, that's the first thing I would tell you, just right off the bat. It's a good offensive line. It's nowhere near the conversation of dominant. It's just good. It's middle of the road NFL good. All right. I mean, you know, Tyrone Smith is good. He's not great anymore. Zach Martin's, still, Zach Martin's still great. Lyle Collins is good, not great. The center and left guard are below average. So they have real issues there. They're below average. They, they're, they're the weak link. Uh, so the run game doesn't happen. And you, I think you've heard me say this before. You know, the pass game's too simple. And we're going to show that here in a minute. It's basic. Now, it works when you can run the ball and affect the game that way because then you get some one-on-one matchups, and their guys are going to win a lot of these one-on-one matchups. But you can, I can tell, and I've been saying this for maybe four or five weeks now, and I know you're not always here on Wednesdays, where I go, there's just teams are all over their pass game. They know what they're going to get in certain formations and down in distances, and it's just way too simple in my opinion. Okay, so we'll get to that. Yeah. Let's start with Dak being off. Right. And is there a play that you found where you're just kind of indicative of him just not being on top yeah, of this game? Yeah, def- definitely, definitely. And, uh, yeah, I believe this is it right here. Here we go. And, you know, this, this kind of says it all. I mean, it's 3 nothing Cardinals, Cowboys down here, you know, in field goal range, 24-yard line, third and nine. All right. He's playing well. He's 9 to 12 for 84 yards right now. All right. Cardinals going to play a little like, you know, man, man, uh, man coverage here. It's like robber, man robber. It's not a blitz up here. And, you know, you'll see it looks like Hicks is blitzing, right? He's just blitzing the back so he can't run out and run a route. So that's all he's doing. If Pollard did fly out and say run a swing route, he would go and cover him. You know, so this is just a way people kind of, hey, we don't want to have to cover that guy in space with our linebacker. We can just use him up this way. That's all it is. It's man everywhere else for the most part. This guy in the middle lurking to help out a crosser. All right? And as we go here, you'll see, all right, protection's not bad, right? It's third and nine. And, and this is going to, again, you're going to see, 
This, this, this is the Cowboys' offense. You know, there's too much of this. I see this every game. They're what, what I would call a sticks team. It's third and nine. They run a bunch of routes to 10 yards to get the first down. Like, the defense hasn't seen that on film and doesn't know it. Like, oh, that's a, I bet you the first thing they said on third down meeting that week. Hey, Cowboys are a sticks team. If it's third and five, they're going to run six-yard routes. If it's third and 12, they're going to run a 13-yard route. That's, that's what they are, right? Yeah, a little bit like Pete said in my ear, like the Steelers last year. Yes, a little bit. And as you're going to see here, it's going to be curl route for 10 yards, curl route for 10 yards, curl route for 10 yards. All right, so, whoa, my imagination's blown by that great creativity, all right? And well, then, enough, enough people for enough years were like, it's third and nine, and you ran your route at five yards. Idiots. And they're like, we're not going to be called an idiot. Right, well. We're going to run them all at you know, we, yeah, not You know, again, not that... Not that this is a horrible idea, but when you start to do it too much, any, it's an issue. Yeah, any pattern right. is recognizable. Exactly. Exactly right. That's the way to say it. Any pattern is recognizable. But here's a play, just, a, again, a simple clip of simple coverage. So, it, was, I mean, it was still open. Though. It was I mean, open. Even, it was yeah. open, no doubt. Because they got man-to-man. And like we were just talking about with the Chiefs or the Bengals, I mean, you play too much man-to-man. They got guys that are going to win the battle. And Amari Cooper won the battle. But the throw is off the radar. I mean, off the radar, like not even close. Amari Cooper, wide open, can't get a hand on a football on a 10-yard curl route. So that speaks to Dak being off. And he's still off. He's still not the machine he was that we saw you know, early on in the year. All right, so... I'm going to stay up here. So he was off. Yes. And you've indicated there that this is a pattern that defenses can recognize. Yeah. Are there other situations where the offense is just not complex enough? Yes. And then see where, where, it, where it's, it's scary in a game like this is sometimes offensive coordinators go, well, they're complicated and do a lot of stuff on defense, so I want to be simple, hmm. right? But also it can play against you because now the other team goes, it's so simple, we can be fucking even crazier. I know where they're going to be or what they're going to do, so let me do more shit. And just mess with you. You think Vance Joseph is good at stuff like I that? I do. I think Vance Joseph is one of the most creative defensive coordinators in football. I love watching Vance Joseph's defense. I mean, watch this. This is just says it all. But again, I think here they are at a point now where it's the start of the second quarter. Okay, we got used to the speed of the game and you know maybe what they're going to do to attack us. And we haven't seen anything new that we're scared about schematically. And here's a like, oh, it looks like it's going to be all-out blitz, right? It looks like everybody's coming. Let's watch what they do. They're going to rush him, him. The, the two outside guys on each side are going to rush, and you're going to have the four inside guys all drop back in coverage. Hmm. All right? Yes, it's great. It exposes the pass protection. Yes, all that. You know. And, again, what I don't even love about this is I would think there's some numbers that tell you who comes in these situations and who drops. Like, again, some of the good offenses I was a part of, whether it be Gruden or – or even working with McDaniel's and, and New England is they would still find a way to wait. Like we're gonna we're gonna we're not gonna have to use seven guys to block four. Is basically what I'm saying. Without me getting too in the weeds here, they got seven guys to block four. All right, that's they not it was good. An all out blitz. Like bring everyone in here. Right. Yeah. So now they're they're wasting people that could stress the coverage down the field because they don't have a creative way to kind of pick this up. All right, because you got that. What is it? A tight end and Pollard tight, now blocking. Yeah, exactly. So you got them off the edge. So now you got you have five linemen blocking two defensive linemen, and your back and your tight end blocking two secondary edge rushers. Right? Yes. Yeah. Right. It's not ideal to throw the ball. Now there's this crazy coverage, and they're playing like it's like almost like a a, a 
uh, like a two invert. He's basically coming to be a cover two corner. He's kind of playing like the deep safety over right. here, even though he's in a different position, you right? Got guys back there. Yeah, man. they got seven guys in coverage. That's so interesting, though, is that by doing this, yes. you can get you've got three of your offensive linemen basically doing nothing, and you've got Pollard with a really tough matchup on the outside. Exactly, he's not going to be able to win that, and that's going to get pressure. You know, on most that. likely, right? It's going to be Buddha Baker who's there, who's a phenomenal blitzer. It causes issues, and because of that. We have, like, we have a route concept of, let me just make sure I make this point, too. Run straight, run straight, and come down here and sit in the hole right at the sticks, right? Again, like, elementary stuff for a defensive player in Week 17 to think about and go, I saw this 100,000 times in training camp, let alone the rest of the regular season, and we're so coached up on this crap, there's no way. And... You know, there's nowhere. There's nowhere for Dak to throw it. He's going, what do you want me to do? You really want me to try to squeeze this ball in here so this guy can hit his hand on it and tip it in the air and be an interception? And there they go, a four-man rush against seven blockers, and they get there. You know, and again, it's, there's ways to pick that stuff up to where you're not exposed or don't have the mismatches that way. And here's the back end of it. And you now just to explain it a little more. Look, I mean, it's Tampa too. That's all it is. You know, and it's as simple as can get. It's verticals. It's it's four. It's three verticals, and they can't make the block here or figure out who's going to come or anything like that. And as you see, you know, there's there's different ways you could do this. I mean, that, it's so because a big key, right, for defense yeah. is like, can we get pressure with four? Right. Can we get pressure with four? And a lot of times you just assume that's a couple defensive tackles, two defensive ends. Right. 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 It's like here's four but it's a safety, and they're able to do it in a different way. Yes. It totally screws everything up. Totally screws it up. And, again, you know, this is where breakdowns come into play. You know, who blitzes the most out of these situations? And you can find ways to have rules for your offensive line to go, you know, when they get in these sets, we're going to make sure we block these four guys or whoever it is. And then you could figure ways to get guys out in the route. You know, and, again, I mean, just think if if they could have figured out a way to maybe block the two edge blitzers, Right, without having to use the tight end in the back. I mean, this would be a play where, okay, now he sits in the pocket, and let's just say, okay, we figured out a way to send, like, you know, these three guys over here. So we can go, you get him, you know, you get him, you get him. You are responsible for him, but if he drops out, then you can run your route underneath, right? Does that make sense? That's what I'm trying to explain by people of going, there's different ways to do this, all right? And then within that, okay, let's just say that happened, right? Where, like I, like I talked about, like he blocked him, he kicked out to him, you know, the center is over here for the other third guy who's dropping out over here, and if Pollard was responsible for Simmons in the middle, now if he can get out and check down over the ball, right? Easy little, uh, he he might have yeah. got the first down. Look at the guys are running away with their backs turned. They're not even looking. So, like, you pause it right here and go, if Pollard was right here and Dak, like, oh, I don't like what I see down, he throws the ball, he's probably going to run and get the first down. Right. Does that make my point yeah, totally. clear there? Yeah. Okay, yep. cool. If you're the Cardinals, if you're another team, like, the Cardinals have a lot of players who can do a lot of different things. They definitely They've do. kind of built their defense on that. Yes, they right? did. Kind of like the Isaiah Simmons type where it's just like, he's a hybrid. He can do a whole bunch of different things. So it's like they have perhaps an ability to do this where other teams don't. No doubt. They do. They're, they're one of the few teams in football that can really do this type of stuff. I mean, you know, another angle I just want to show, too, is like, you know, this is where you could throw wide receiver screens, running back screens, you know, shifts and motions and movements will scare this way, 
right? But they don't do any of that in Dallas either. They're very simple. So again, you know, what would have happened if they lined up in this and now it's, oh, wait, you shift over here and, oh, no, then come back over here and now we got three receivers to this side. Like they would have had to change some of the rules and it would have dictated who's blitzing and who's not. But because they're so simple and stationary, Vance Joseph was like, fuck this. Let's do this crazy fucking defense right here and do that. And then the last thing I want to bring up, or not the last thing, but the po- I want to make a point off of your point. Yes. You're right. The versatility thing is real. That's why that is what's one of the key components that makes – Arizona special, and you said the right name. Isaiah Simmons, I don't give a shit what the stat sheet says. He is such a weapon and so versatile, it gives them an advantage where, you know, they, play, they can play 3-4 base defense, and the Cowboys have three receivers in, one tight end, one back, right, 11 personnel, which is, you know, more of a passing personnel set. But Isaiah Simmons is such a freak show, they go, you go cover the slot. You, you go play nickel at 240-pound linebacker. Yeah. So there now you're thinking, well, well, we'll get them in a nickel, and now we'll run the ball on them. No, you're not. They've still got big people on the field because they got three linebackers who can really fly around the field and do that, Isaiah Simmons being like the ultimate mismatch nightmare. Uh, this More is of from this, right? Hawk Strolugger. Yeah. This is, hey, Chris and Ahmed, love the pod. Hawk Strolliger. Hawk Strolliger. Hawk Strolliger, like an astrologer. Looking into the stars. They love the pod, especially the addition of the poems. Oh, he likes the poems. Yeah. Uh, how did the Cardinals shut down the Cowboys' run game, win or lose? Will the Hawks, Rashad Penny, continue their run game hot streak this Sunday? I don't, think, I don't think so. Yeah. Okay. You know, one thing I've complained about with the Cardinals a little bit is that they um, – you know, I, I've said in the past, they don't, they don't have enough big people. They do have enough big people. They might not have enough difference-making big people. But I would think the Hawks are going to fall into the, a little bit of the category of what we see here. Too simple with the pass game. Mm-hmm. It's going to allow them to call, crowd the line of scrimmage and do some stuff that way. Penny is Penny's good. I mean, he's shown to be pretty special. Um, but I wouldn't expect him to go off like the way – We've seen him go off the last two weeks, not against this D. Do you want to show one more simple play by the Cowboys? Yeah, or should let's we do go, that. You want to do that? Yeah, right, let's show let's it real it. quick. I'll be okay. fast so, yep. this, so the podcast isn't seven and a half hours long here. <laughs> All right. But, you know, again, it's a second and ten. Here we go. It's a five-man rush here. All right? All right. It's nothing special. But, again, what are we looking at here? It's second and ten. It's, it's look, that, look, it's look, that look, hook. It's we, the four hooks. Right? Here we go. I mean, how many times can I watch a game and go – we're going to run four curl routes. I mean, he ran an out route kind of curl. It's curl. It's curl. It's curl. I mean, wow. All right? And then the other thing I don't like about this is, yes, the simplicity, but, I mean, here's, here's my other thing with Dak being off. Look at Dak in the pocket here. Walk. First off, this is not a great position to be in to throw the ball. Look how locked out his front knee is, right? And you're going to see – like, you know, cut to me, Peter, Kristen, just for real quick. When your knee is locked out, you have no choice but to do this as a thrower, which is going to throw worm burners, balls into the ground at people's feet. And that's what happens for him here. I mean, look at that. He has kind of C.D. Lamb. He's just got to drive the ball, but he has no chance. And then, you know, what makes it worse, too, is you see C.D. Lamb here. Listen, I don't – I mean – I don't think that's pass interference. I'm sorry. They, you know, the Cowboys are complaining about the referees a lot. I, I, saw just as, I saw more plays go against the Cardinals than I did against the Cowboys. Mm. Um, but 
that was just a little bit of the simplicity again of the offense. Dak being off, like you're saying, run games, it's just not going to happen unless they just play, they get the lucky to play some team who just can absolutely not stop the run. Yep. But I've given up on thinking like it's going to revive itself. You've been critical of the Cardinals yeah, and their offense mm-hmm. and it being too simple at times yeah. and Cliff not doing enough. Right. It's been better this year for sure. What'd you see in this game? Yeah, I, it's been better. You know, what I like more, sure. What I like when them the best is just when, you know, I don't like when they're in four wides Texas Tech offense. I feel like the NFL has caught on to that. They know everything. To me, when they show, you know, first off, they're one of the best screen teams in football. That would be the first thing I would say. They got a million screens. You know, they got a few cool little quarterback runs, right? And they do that to kind of help out their basic meat and potatoes offense, which is it's not the greatest, like you've heard me say. Mm -hmm. But – I, I am a fan of when you know, they're underneath the center. They run the ball a little bit. You know, they shift and move and do things like that. You know, then they have enough weapons to where you know, even if it's a simple play, it's a little scary. But there's a few plays in this game where I went, wow, this is really cool. I like it, and I wish they would play this style of football a little bit more. Um, you know, the offenses, I don't, I don't love it, love it, but I like it, and they do enough and it makes sense for the way their offense is formulated as far as their talent is concerned, that it works for them and they can move the ball that way. It's like, you know, they can do three yards in a cloud of dust, but it'll be through screens. Like, it'll just go, well, we'll screen you for four. We'll screen you for five. Yeah. We'll run it up the middle for three. Kyler will keep it around the edge for seven. We'll throw another screen. We'll throw another screen. Oh, wait, now you're playing man-to-man because you're getting scared. Oh, zoo, see you. There goes Christian Kirk for a long pass. Zoo, there goes A.J. Green down the field. That's kind of how they play if, if, if I kind of sum it up. All right, let's, let's show that then because yeah. you're right. I mean, you were looking at the film. You're like, how many screens do they throw? Are they near the top of the league? And they're yes. fourth in the NFL. Fourth in the NFL. Fourth most screens right. for this Kyler Murray-led offense. Uh, but they can get the big play downfield. Not DeAndre Hopkins right now. He's out. But right. Christian Kirk is probably their deep, pl- yeah. deep guy yeah. right now and deep yeah. threat. He is. He's their deep threat, you know, no doubt. When Rondell Moore gets back healthy – you know, he'll be another guy that can stretch the field. This Wesley kid, 85, who's kind of taking the replacement yeah. of uh, Hopkins. Antoine, it's Antoine, right? Antoine Wesley. Yeah, yep. he's, he's got some talent. I mean, it's, it's real to where he's going to make a name for himself and make some money for himself after this year's over. But, yeah, this is what I love. You know, Chase Edmonds changes their offense. That's the first thing I want to say. All right, and this is like, make sure I got this right. So, on this play to start, because we didn't see the full thing here, they started with Chase out here at receiver, right? I think I got this right. They shifted to this formation is what I'm trying to get to. Okay. And he was out here, and Micah Parsons was on him man-to-man. So there was a coverage indicator. You know when he's out there that you got man-to-man. And now when you bring this guy back in, you hope that you have a man-to-man play called, or you should have a package of, like, wait, we're going to the man play. Or, oh, wait, it wasn't Michael Parsons. It was the corner when Chase Madden's coming out. All right, let me pick the zone play now. Right? Those are the things. But I like when they do that. And, of course, they have the weapons that can scare you that way. And then they run the ball enough that the play-action fake is a real aspect of their game here. All right? And you're going to see. Again, when they get man-to-man, they're tough to match up with. Like we talked about with the Bengals. I mean, it's A.J. Green, it's Christian Kirk, and here's Zach Ertz running the shallow cross. They're going to basically make this look like it was going to be like double post, a play they run quite a bit.
All right? But instead, they're throwing the curveball. Double post, stop, run the high corner route. Double post, stop, run the shorter corner route. And they're going to get the man-to-man coverage that they wanted. It's a little play action. Mm. The pockets, the pockets good. One, because of the play action. Look, look at the pass rush. What are they doing? Wait, is he handing it off? Look at them all coming off the ball here. Look at Dorrance Armstrong. Look at these other guys. They're not really rushing. They're like, wait, is he handing it? Oh, wait, now he is. Let me try to rush. Now the pocket's clean for a smaller quarterback. That's important. And yeah. boom. You know, and there's Christian Kirk, 40 yards down the field or whoever it was. So that's, uh, that's special. And that's when they are at their best. Uh, and I really like when they do that, do that stuff. You said something in there. You, yeah. you think Edmonds is that much of a difference maker for them. I do. You know, he's, he's their most talented runner. And I, I love James Conner. But the most talented as far as being explosive and making big plays. He's really a double threat out of the backfield as far as he's almost like a receiver too. They can line him up at receiver like they were in that pre-snap because they, they all do that at times because mm-hmm. they'll go, he, he can beat a guy and run a route like a real receiver. So that's where he's the difference maker for them. And, yeah, he can be a mismatch to a, to a degree. K1 since day one. Yeah. Says, with what you have seen from the Arizona receivers without DeAndre Hopkins, if Antonio Brown was available and willing to play for Arizona, do you think it's worth a shot to sign him? Mm. I think think the receivers are fine. I don't look at their team and go, well, they need another receiver. I don't don't look at it that way. And do we know about DeAndre Hopkins' availability oh, yeah he might be back i think there's some hope that if like they get to the championship game he could be back yeah i think that's kind of how they're looking at it probably i bet you rumor. probably you bet you a week earlier is that they're hoping like maybe he can be back for the divisional but i you know listen steve kime he came from pittsburgh right am i brain farting that there's a there's a there's a lot of pittsburgh turnover there in uh arizona but i i don't know i mean again i, I don't even forget that point i'm just i don't know if i would upset the cart yeah, I don't know if they necessarily need him. You know, I don't. If you're a playoff team now, things have gone pretty well for you. They have. And it's like, is it really going to work to the level that no, it's, you know, it's, it's like assimilate into the offense that quickly? But I do look at the Chiefs, Packers, and Rams and go, they could use him. Like they could actually have a use for him. I don't think the Cardinals really do, especially when Rondell Moore's sure. back. I don't. I, I certainly think the Chiefs could use him, and I do think the Packers could use him, and that's why you're going to see the Bucks. You know, they're going to hold on to hold on to him here uh, this whole time. Do we got another play we're going to show here? No, that no, was that it. was it. It was that just was that it. one play for this one. Yep, we All give right. you one play. We'll, yeah. we'll give him one play on this well, game. I know. You better right, make cool. it I was going to show the screens and stuff too, just because like it's uh, it's amazing. They can go on a drive where you go they didn't really run like what we would call a traditional play the whole drive. It's yeah. like I said, it's screen, it's screen. It's, you know, run up the middle, quarterback design run, back to the screen, the screen, the screen, the screen. And you go, damn, they went down the whole field that way. And it's like their version of three yards in a cloud of dust, which which is cool. And it makes you defend the whole field. It is cool because you know that Kyler Murray is not just a screen guy, right? If, if you had a quarterback like an Alex Smith, yes. and you're like, that's the only, I mean, that's one of the only things he can really do effectively all the yeah. time. But you still have that threat of the deep ball as you just showed. I, I think that, and I think that the, you know, maybe they know their passing offense is a little simple. So this invites some of the coverages they want to get their simple pass offense off. Is this is this is their like, hey, no, you gotta defend this. So you can't just keep playing deep zones or we'll keep throwing screens and doing all that to you all game long. Uh the Arizona Cardinals can still win the NFC West. Yes. So they have they to, have to uh, win. Win. Rams got to. I mean, Rams, Rams lose. Loss yeah. Versus the 49ers. So it could happen. Our friends over at Points Bet. 
have odds on that right now. The NFC West winner odds. The Rams are the favorite right now at minus 400. Arizona plus 250. How much chance would you be? Would you look at that plus 250 and go, oh, there might be some value there? Uh, yes, I would. I think there is some legit value there because I think that the 49ers are a tough matchup for the Rams. You know, so I, I expect Arizona to beat Seattle. The Rams 49ers matchup is the one that's interesting to me. You know, the, the the 49ers are a tough matchup for the Rams, and not to say I you know not to say the Rams can't win. Uh, certainly, you know they can win the football game. They just screwed it up a lot the first time. But you know, again, like we talk about, it's a matchup sport. You can be better in a, better than a team in totality, but play this one game against this team where you go, ah, oh, they just have some issues on their team that we can't match up with, and that's what that's what scares me more than anything there. And I do think there'd probably be some good value to bet on Arizona there. All right, so no doubt you, about if it. If you want to do that, if you okay, oh. oh no, go ahead, go ahead. You say what oh, you're if say. you want to place that I bet, one thing we, we have uh, we have points bet. Points bet. We yeah. have a way that they can do that. Yeah. And, and last thing I want to say oh. about the game, to go to back to the points. I set you up for bet. the great points bet read right there. But. Also, you have to swear before the podcast's over. You're never invited <laughs> back to Wednesday podcast. Sorry. You, you have to say shit or fuck one time. You I've never done that. I know. And I, if it happens, well, it can't just be a whim thing. It can't just be like one day I just like decide to do it. We have to build this up. we got to build and it up. And make it an event. Okay. Like a charity event where we raise twenty thousand dollars for okay. charity and Ahmed will say the f word okay right we can't just like all of a sudden just do it randomly one day That's i totally... mean we can but okay <laughs> fine we won't all right last thing i want to say though yeah. is with the with the cardinals you know that would be one of the things i would say just a little bit if you're defending them don't play too much man versus the cardinals see if their system can beat you you know the system of the drop back passes and all of that you know really good playoff defenses should be able to play some of those zones, rally, and make tackles on the, on the screen plays that I tell you about that can stress you out, right. they, they should be able to do that. You know, but you play man-to-man too much, again, it's like Cincinnati. There's going to be a mismatch there, and they're going to take advantage of it, and you're letting them off the hook, in my, in my opinion. Now, back to points bet. Okay. All right? Because you set me up so <laughs> awesome. All right? And I would take the uh, Cardinals for a value Ooh. bet if you got some extra, cha- extra change around. Yep. All right? But points bet has a new sign-up offer for unbuttoned listeners. To get in on – let me read that again because mm-hmm. that was like a run-on sentence or something. Points bet – has a new sign-up offer for unbuttoned listeners to get in on action before the season ends. What is it? <laughs> Still not a bad sentence by, by me. Pete will cut this whole thing out. This won't make the light of day. I'm going to do it again. I don't even care. We're going to do it again. PointsBet <laughs> has a new sign-up offer for unbuttoned listeners to get in on, to get in on the action before the season Just ends. Just go. Leave it, leave it behind. Leave Download it behind. the PointsBet app. Use code HOMIE. Yes, yes H-O-M-I-E, yep. to sign up. Bet $1 on any NFL game, Ahmed, yep. and get $25 in free bets for every TD pass your team throws. Whoa. Yes, every TD pass okay. your team throws, you get a free $25. Not every time, but just you know, if it happens once. Any, any pass, yep. any pass TD counts. Could be the running back. Doesn't matter if it's from the quarterback, the wide receiver, the punter. Doesn't Ooh, matter. Okay. Any TD pass. Don't just bet this football season. Live your bet life okay. with points bet. Okay. I feel like we've got the Under Armour one down. That was a horrible. <laughs> that first sentence gets me almost every time I read it. I don't know what it is. Uh, so Chris is recommending that maybe you, you see some value in the Cardinals there to win it. And if you don't uh, win that bet, Chris will Venmo you some money to just to make it right. Right? You will. 
No. I, I feel the pressure with some of my points bet <laughs> stuff. I did not have a good week last week, yeah. and I'm, I'm bothered by Take it. Take it with a grain of salt. Hey, ultimately, you're responsible for your own bets out there, homies. Yes. You know that. They yeah, know they, that. Know they don't, that. They don't they're, blame they're you. They're the homies. They uh, know. Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire. Breaking Wait. news, you mentioned this well, I, I can't believe I mentioned it, and I was like, oh, maybe not. But then here Joe it is. Joe Burrow says he will not play Sunday. Says the knee is fine, but he's just resting for the playoffs. There we go. Good call. So, I, I, I like I, that. You know, they're probably looking at it going, you know, is it really, really realistic? Will Tennessee really lose to Houston? Right. You know, uh, is Kansas City really going to lose? They're, probably, they're, they're playing their percentages. Good call. And they're going to do that. I think it's the right call, too. Good call. I do. I like it, too. He's too good. He's been beat up. He was too hit last week. He's had too many games where he's hit too much. Save him. Be at your best at-home playoff game on Wild Card Saturday or Sunday. Could be hosting perhaps the Indianapolis Colts or the Las Vegas Raiders. He played uh, this last weekend with the Colts losing to the Raiders. Last uh, second comeback win for Derek Carr and company. That three-game winning streak snapped at home for the Colts. So... Um, let's start with the the Colts here on offense because I I do think it's it's interesting the the Carson Wentz debate. It's like is he is he good? Is he having a good year? Bad year? He's not turning the ball over at all, yeah. which is really good. He's right. missing some key big plays, which is bad. Their offense is going to need to be firing yeah. more than just Jonathan Taylor, right? Are you seeing any indication of of that being possible for them? Well, I I I I, I mean, Wentz has had a good year, like you explained. There's still some moments of the shakiness where I go, ah, oh, man. I, don't, I mean, he's just at moments. I don't, I don't know if I trust him. You know, I, we can go back to the New England game where they had total control of that football game. I mean, he was just dying to throw the ball to the Patriots. In fact, you know, and of course he did, and get, got them back in the football game. But I mean, even that second half, even some really dicey decisions that he got lucky that there wasn't more interceptions. Mm-hmm. So yeah, a little bit like Stafford with the Rams, you know. Maybe to a, a little bit of a different extent, but yeah, I do worry about Carson once a little bit and whether you can trust him in certain situations. So let's look at a couple of plays here. Yeah. Bernardo Banos says, "Hey guys, love the pod. Carson Wentz had a couple of bad misses on Sunday, especially in crunch time. Can the Colts win a playoff game or a couple with him that, that, at quarterback?" I, I think it's a fair qu- listen. And, and anybody that's listened to me over time knows, like, I'm not that type of guy that goes like, "Oh, quarterback." But when I evaluate a team like the Rams, and I go, "Man, everything's good except..." Stafford and crazy decisions and I look at the Colts and I go everything's good except yeah Wentz misses some throws or makes you know a decision every now and then that yeah maybe the interceptions dropped or whatever but I just go what like how do you do that you know that that's what scares me it does and you know in this game 17-13 right here's the Raiders who basically play the same two defenses all game long I mean they play cover Seattle cover three the whole game and their change up is Let's make it look like Seattle cover three and play man-to-man. That's really all their change-up is here. And, yeah, this was an important part of the game because 17-3, there's only their offensive passing game struggling, all right? The other thing I'd want to say, too, is just, you know, I, I still wish they'd be more dedicated to the run game and just go all in on being an ugly running football team. I feel like they could have overpowered this Raiders defense. They let them off the hook by, I think, throwing the ball too much and spreading the field and trying to run the ball that way. But here we have, like, true man coverage. It's going to be – I don't think we're going to see the other – oh, here he is. Okay. Here we go. You know, they made it look like blitz. They're backing out, right? It's man. It's man. 
All right, that's, that's what it is. It's flat-out man. They're playing a little off coverage. And within that, you're going to see the outside receiver go, right? And Hilton's going to delay and come off his butt and go up the sideline. And these two are going to get confused, right? What ultimately is going to happen is I feel like 33 is going to go, he thinks it's, he maybe got confused and thought it was the cover three zone. He's trying to match up with the guy that comes into his area, and that wasn't the proper call here. They're trying to actually play true man-to-man, where the outside receiver is covered by the outside corner, the inside receiver, inside corner. He, he goes with the, the bait, the first guy that shows up in his area, forgetting he's got T.Y. Hilton, and we get this throw. Mm. Right. I mean, he's running. At the very least, you're going to get to midfield, you know, and if you don't get a first down there, you're going to, you're going to punt the ball, and the Raiders are going to be backed up in their own area. But just a huge part of the game where you go, eh, Colts kind of being outplayed, but, man, they're up 17-13, and now here's their chance to kind of control the football game and put the Raiders in a tough spot, and he makes this throw. And what also I don't understand is, like, why, the, why by Wentz – is there no gather or hitch step? That, that was the other thing, too, I just came away with. Like, why are we just planting the foot in the ground and throwing it? Like, do what you always do. Drop back, take a hitch step, throw the ball right at them in these scenarios. You know, that, that, that's the one thing, like, I heard Brady talk about before, and I've heard other, like, in scenarios like that what where the guys. throw it right at him? Like, just throw a laser right at him. Don't try to be perfect and lead him down the field to where he doesn't break stride at all. Like, sometimes when they're that wide open. You could just stop running. Just, you could have just thrown it just right throw where he was. back and, shoulder at him. Just yeah. throw a laser at his head, and he'll, 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 he'll turn around and catch it and spin and keep running. Or, okay, maybe he stops and does this, and now, oh, wait, the defender's coming, and he, boom, he makes a miss, and now he gets another few yards, right? But. Why are you trying to throw the absolute perfect pass to a guy that's just wide open here? So is that what he did to Mo Ali Cox about seven minutes later? Mo Ali Cox. Well, yeah. Well, this is like this is one where again it's a blown coverage, and I don't understand where his eyes are in this one. You know, as we sit back here and you drop, just I want everybody to watch Carson Wentz's eyes as we get off the play action fake. You know, he he is going to just he's looking down the middle of the field as you see here, right? It's, it's right down the middle of the field. Am I wrong? Do you see what I'm seeing? Yeah. I mean, again, if, yeah. I'm, if I'm wrong, please tell me. But he, he, to me, it's play-action fake, and the eyes go right down the middle of the field. Well, within this play, it's a little bit similar to what we just saw. You know, T.Y. Hilton's going to run a deep corner route. Um, uh, this is um, uh, 14 is uh, Pascal, right? Yeah, is Zach Pascal yep. is going to kind of come underneath them and threaten like, hey, he could go this way, but he's not going to do that, all right? He's not going to end up doing that. Who Hilton's out wide, he's going to kind of follow him up, and then he's going to run an out route. And this guy, this defender, and the deep safety both take T.Y. Hilton deep. And Pascal is nobody within 15 yards of him. And what I don't understand is I know this play. There's, this coverage is for this combination. This is what you want it for. You should be at least looking there to give it a chance. Mm. And I, that's where I don't understand. Now, I don't know. You know. Is there a rule that if it's a single safety defense and they blitz, do they look? You know, A lot of the times when it's something like that and they blitz, these guys really spread out, right? And the middle of the field can be open. You know, there, there is that. Maybe is that what he's doing? I don't know. I'm trying to come up with an excuse for him. 
But all I know is he never looks at what I, I, I've been I've been, I had this play in every offense I've ever been in. You, you always start here. Yeah. You always look at those guys. It's almost like he looks to the left, too, to Pittman. I think, I, it almost goes exactly, yeah. exactly there, right? And he's, got, it's, it's, he's looking for Pittman to run the in-cut. He's looking for Pittman, who's running across the middle. But, you know, as you can see here, um, K.J. Wright's going to be in the middle. So there's not going to be anything here for Pittman. And then Wentz, who's now holding the ball, the eyes in the wrong spot, does that, breaks the tackle, and does a great job of escaping and giving Mo Alley-Cox a, a chance here. But, yes, that's what I don't understand there is why exactly that happened. One other thing I wanted to talk about, just why we're here and he's on the screen, yep. this guy right here, Divine Diablo, mm-hmm. he's changed the Raiders' defense. Okay, He really pops. Rookie, third-round third pick. I think right? he's a, is he a is rookie. He, he's a rookie. I think he's a rookie, third-round pick out of Virginia Tech. Tech. Yeah, I saw him in person two years ago at Notre Dame. He's big. He was a safety in college. Interesting. Right, which is what this defensive scheme likes to do. They might like to make big safeties into linebackers. He has come on strong lately. Uh, December 5th was when he played the most. He'd played very little between right. the, I think he's replaced Corey Littleton. They, uh, the injuries, right? Littleton I, got hurt. I can't remember what he's doing. I think he's just playing hurt. less now, too. Is he just playing less? Corey's, just I think out? Corey's playing less. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, yeah, he's done a really good job of taking advantage of that opportunity. Difference maker? Uh, he is. He is. And he fits perfectly within that scheme. But last thing on the Colts offense. Yep. This is a game I looked at to just go if they played two and three tight end sets. And just said, we're going to smash it down your face and run it 28 times, 30 times with our running backs, 35 times, where Jonathan Taylor gets 25 of those. They would have slowly beat down this Raiders football team. I really do believe that. And that wouldn't have been pretty. Probably not the way Frank Reich really wants to play. But I think it would have helped them win the football game. And I feel like they let... You know, the Raiders with a smaller front seven off the hook there a little bit. But you made the note in your notes, too, that you think that they could still do more things in the run game to help Jonathan Taylor. Yes, a lot of it is because of Jonathan Taylor. It's just too basic. On the opposite side, yeah. you think the Raiders are doing some good things with the running game, or at yeah. least did in this game. Definitely. The Raiders got their run game going, at least here, in the last few weeks. And, you know, uh, they, they got some guys that can move people. You know, Simpson does a good job. You know, the, the, the right guard, and the first-round pick um, out, of, uh, out of Alabama, um, gosh, damn, 70. What the hell is his name? I'm blanking on the first-rounder. That, that was a controversial pick, a tackle. Uh, Leatherwood. Leatherwood, thank you. you the man, Ahmed. Yep, crushed yeah, it. Yeah, he does a great job at, guard, at running the football. So they're, they're, they can move people out of the way, and then you couple that with nobody has more ways to throw the ball short and pick you apart in the passing game. And I think that's what really compromised the Colts. The Colts play man, but they want to play more zone. I think they realized we had the Raiders got more zone plays than anybody in, in the NFL. They're going to give us slow death with Derek Carr being precision and just surgical and doing that. Is that from Gruden? The Definitely. Gruden. That's, uh, Gruden's got millions of plays like that. And Greg Olson's extension from Gruden, who's the new offensive coordinator. And yes, but then that, that, of course, what did it do? It made the the Colts have to play man to man in some in some situations where I bet you they didn't want to, and and that's where he hit Zane jo- Zay Jones down the field for a big play, or hit Hunter Renfro on the deep crosser that kind of end the football game, and put them in position that was we thought it was a touchdown they touched him but it put them in position to kick the game winning field goal. Uh, that's where they're good. The Raiders are playing good. The Raiders are not the most overly talented team, but they're tough and they're sound and. You know, because that that gives them a chance in, in a lot of football games. I mean, this was a game again. They turned the ball over twice and still won. 
They controlled the flow of this football game throughout. That's one thing that was apparent to me. I think I said it to you on Monday, yep. and the, firm, the, the film confirmed that as well. So you like what you've seen in the run game, at least uh, recently, and in this game from the Raiders and Josh Jacobs. Now they go against the Chargers on Sunday Night Football. Winner gets into the playoffs. Kevin Adrian says... You need to cool down with that, quote, Chargers run defense is bad narrative. You've been proven wrong six of the last eight weeks. Oh, he's coming at you. He's coming at you hard Good, here. Yeah, I like it. Um, but what do you, what do you think? Uh, can the Chargers slow down that run game from the Raiders? Yeah, well, I mean, listen, like. You can go at him, too. He came well, at you don't pretty Don't worry. Hard. He's about to get it. I mean, they went up 24 nothing against the Bengals. They couldn't run the ball. All right. Nor is the Bengals like a great running team. So let's start there. The Giants, come on. Really, the Giants? We're gonna we're gonna dictate. We're we're gonna go on that. Mm-hmm. All right. So that's crazy. They suck. The Giants. They absolutely suck at running the football or on the offensive line. You know the Chiefs. Okay, they can run the ball a little, but we know they don't want to. That's not what they're looking to do, as we just talked about. You know, yes, I want them to do it more because it'll maximize it. But they're they're not. I mean, that's just not what they do. So let's see their big boy when we have a real running team that comes to town. All right, because it hasn't looked that great against the teams that can really run the football. You know, the Houston Texans, last time I checked, also suck at running the football. In fact, I think they're dead last. All right. Yes, the Broncos game this week, the Broncos are they're dead in the water. And it wasn't like it was a bad day, you know, as far as running the football. So, yes, I've still got questions about the Chargers run defense, and I'm not going to cool it until I see them stop a really quality run game offense this week maybe that'll go to that because i would think the the raiders got to be able to run the ball to beat the chargers they're not going to be able to win the game with their passing and doing that because of what you heard me say before brandon staley's amazing in the pass defense and then there's not great weapons in the raiders pass game so that's where i look at it this time around and go they got to run the football if they want to win this football game against the chargers you bring the heat to chris He'll return it right to you. Yep. Return to sender. Yeah. No, I and got I appreciate right you bring I appreciate you, you know, bringing the heat. I do. Yeah. Um, I got I got no problem with that at all. You know, again, he's going to look at the Pittsburgh game and go, "Oh, that was good. Pittsburgh sucks at running the ball too. They're one of the three worst in football." And it's easy to stop Pittsburgh's offense with that shitty passing offense that they have. Yeah, you're you're, you're so, getting into playoff teams now that are multidimensional, right? They can that's, throw. That's and what they I can mean. Run. We're holding you to a playoff standard. I'm not holding you to. Oh, they oh, they can stop the Giants' run game. I'm giving your team actually more respect, and and expecting that. So don't take it wrong. Again, I'm not here to be a jerk. I'm here just to be. Call it as you call see as it. I see it, and tell you some of the flaws that your team or things like maybe they can be better at. All right. Well, the Jets had a flaw in the last touchdown of the game, letting Tom Brady and company go. Nine plays, 93 yards in two minutes. It's our play of the day. Play of the effing day. Play of the effing day. It's All Tom right. Brady's 33-yard game-winning touchdown to Cyril Grayson. <sighs> oh, no. Well, it just... The I Jets mean, had this the game. Jets, the Jets outplayed the Bucks. period. I mean, they did. They were the better team on the field on Sunday. There's, there's no other way to say it. You know, Zach Wilson, the quarterback sneak controversy all that man yeah if they gave the speed sweep to Braxton Berrios it looks like he's probably gonna get the first down you know I don't know what happened in the communication there or whatever that's I don't just know. what happens with losing teams I know. like it's, it's the Lions. Up a it's situation like what happened like here it's like oh, if that didn't happen but that's that's why you are who yeah, you are yeah it, it is a little bit and it's why you know again you don't put some of the power into a rookie quarterback in that situation you fucking make the decision for him mm. wait we've drawn this play up we know it all week this is what we want 
we're not going to give you an option to mess this up. This is the play we're running because we did our due diligence and work to figure this out. All right, so that was a big moment, of course. Wilson played awesome. I don't know. Are we going to still show the Wilson play? Yeah, All we right, will. Cool. We'll, we'll give you that at the All end. Right, but good, let's, let's, let's All right. take our medicine first. Show what Tom Brady could play. No, you don't want to, but here we have to do it because no, we're a game winner. I know, I know. I'm the Tom Brady hater of the world. <laughs> All right, here's what I don't like. First off, there's 28 seconds left in the football game. It's a running clock right now. As you could tell, the chains aren't even set, right? They just got a first down. First thing I want to say is just like, you know, I, we got all these people crowded in the middle of the field. Like, we're worried about them throwing the ball right here and getting a first down. That's what you should want. Like, please, you have no timeouts. There's 28 seconds. It's a running clock. Throw the ball right there. The next snap is going to be at 12 seconds, and they're going to have two shots to throw the ball into the end zone. All right, so that's what I don't understand. You know, I have no problem with the way this is aligned here, but why isn't, like, he on the outside shoulder of the slot guy and maybe he on the outside shoulder of this guy? Like, that to me is where it it does not make sense to me. You know, it, it does not. And even, like, to get the presence out here a little bit, to just if Brady wants to throw a quick out or something like that, it gets a little scary, right? So that's where, at first off, the alignment I don't understand. And then they're going to call a defense that we've talked about already today. It's the, it's the Chiefs-Bengals defense where they're going to see the slot guy go out and now they're going to convert it to cover two. Mm-hmm. It's quarters coverage right now, but... The rule is, all right, if number two goes out, we want to make it cover, you know, if number two, as far as the slot receiver goes out, we want to then convert our coverage to cover two. And it's going to be the same combination we saw Jamar Chase get the touchdown with. And the safety right back here, the rookie, number 33, he takes a horrible angle. And it's too late to recognize the adjustment, as you see here. At least he opens his hips. He opens his hips the right way. He does open his hips the right way and then takes a poor angle once he realizes the ball is coming, right, and goes for the, the ball, it looks like. I don't know. I, I really don't. But as you can see here, like on the bottom, I'm sure it's the same call. And you see these two receivers down here. It's the same call, but they're staying vertical, so therefore they can just keep going straight back. All right, but because they have this call, now, again, I think what they're worried about is protecting the sideline, which – you know, okay, I get, but so what? Get let them have five yards, and now there's 23 seconds left. Like, who cares? Now there's 23 seconds left, and they got the ball at the 27-yard line. Like, whoop-de-doo. Like, the, the, again, those are like victories for your defense. I don't understand why, you know, maybe we're going for the jugular here. But, again, either way, it ends up being a one-on-one downfield. You know, Brady throws a great throw to Cyril Grayson, and 33 can't make the play. And this was the play of the fucking day. You know, they were, they were outplayed, the Buccaneers, uh, throughout the day. This guy made some great throws. He really did. I mean, his arm is still as good as just about anybody in the, football, in the NFL other than maybe the two or three superstars or laser throwers we have. Uh, but Brady, you know, that, that's, that's what Brady brings to the table is even when you're down – and even when Antonio Brown's a distraction running off the field and quitting in the middle of the game, yeah. Brady gets your team back on track. How about Speaking of Antonio Brown quitting in the middle of a game, that could make Cyril Grayson more important to this team if they're going to 
repeat as Super Bowl champions. Right. What do you think? What do you think? Is two thousand seventeen undrafted free agent? Yeah, he has been signed by the Seahawks, Colts, Seahawks again, Texans, Bears, Saints, Cowboys. Then he made his NFL debut in two thousand nineteen with the. Uh, the Bucks. So he's been around. He's I been think around. he's got a track background. He's got I think some my dad speed. was saying There's that. There's no doubt. This is some talent there. there uh, is. Yeah. And you know, for a team that wants to send people down the field, they're not a dink and dunk football team. They're either we want to throw for twenty or we're going to throw a screen because they're. I think they. I think they are the number one screen team in football. Actually, they're the to me the best screen team in football. But yeah, he's he's going to make his share of plays. He's got some talent. There's no doubt about it. Speaking was, of having talent yeah. and making his fair share of plays, yes, we can't do this podcast without letting you show some love to your guy. It's been a while, Zach Wilson. It's been a what while. You, uh, yeah, you know, and you can do it every pod too well, if it deserves it. You know, and he's stringing together some like good play here. I mean, again, um, yeah, Zach Wilson to me is is starting to show why he was the number two pick in the draft here. Ever since he came back from his injury with his knee, I mean, to me, it's it, the play has gone better and better every week. The thing I want to make sure people realize, I mean, the talent's real. It's real. His, his movement's real. His ability to read de- defenses is real. He's got great feel in the pocket. And he already has one of the quickest releases in all of football. And he's got, a, of course, a really strong arm to go along with that. Everything is going in the right direction for Zach Wilson. This play, this play is awesome. I mean, this is, it's just double post, Okay. He's going to throw the ball right down there to about the four or five yard line, hang in the pocket. I mean, there's going to be def- decent coverage by the underneath coverage. And he just goes, I'm going to throw a laser by you guys and right over. You won't even be able to stick your hands up in time. I mean, that, this, and this is, you know, again, I'm trying to pick one play that kind of shows what he did this game. He made a lot of great throws into tight windows down the middle of the field. Right, So you see there, I mean, the body's in a pretty good position throwing the football. You can see just... Again, look at his arm speed. His arm speed's real. When he cocks it back and goes, that arm is flying. I mean, it is. It's a, it's a real thing. But this ball, the way it travels through the air, I mean, again, I just want everybody to see. These guys are in a decent spot here. He's trying to throw to the ball like only eight yards behind them, and it's not like he can throw some lollipop over the top of them and just go, well, I'll just throw it down and he'll drop it in there. No, not with the safety barren down on the guy. And, of course, coverage on the corner on the outside. Uh, and so that's where I, it's been a lot of this over the last four and five weeks. High-level, tight window throws. He really can play within the pocket. And, yeah, this was one of his, his better throws of the game altogether. Um, but he's, he's a player to me. And, and you know, again, I, I know I'm a little biased because he was my guy. You know, coming out. Oh, and this angle's going to even show it better. I know I'm a little biased because he was my guy coming out in the draft. But again, I'll say it right now. I mean, if you're making me choose between Zach Wilson or Trevor Lawrence, I'm taking Zach Wilson every time. Are you more confident now in saying that than you were even in the draft evaluation process? I am, definitely. It, to me, that's, it's, it's a year that's gone in two different directions. Zach Wilson continues to get better. Trevor Lawrence has gotten worse over the last six or seven weeks. And that, that to me, is in Jacksonville, why it's concerning. And they got to get the right guy in there to get him going. Um, you know, Trevor Lawrence has had some real inconsistencies throwing the football. He does, let alone he does not have great feel in the pocket. But I told you before the podcast, Trevor Lawrence, you can watch him throw 10 out routes, and he'll throw it 10 different ways. Or not 10 different ways, but six or seven different ways. And that's like as far as arm angle. Arm what? angle, the way he steps, the way he throws it. This time he might bend. This time he might step in the bucket. The bucket. 
This time he comes sidearm. This time it's way over the top. It, it's, so that to me was where he misses throws where you just go, man, you're too talented to miss that throw. He's got to fix some of that stuff. Um, Zach Wilson's become a machine of throwing the football. And, you know, I mean, look, first off, look at this throw here. I mean, again, that's not like wide open. That's not wide open with this guy. He's going to throw to him. With this guy here, this guy here, the safety's right here at this point. I mean, first off, that's good anticipation to know, like, yeah. you know, when I got to throw it, where I got to throw it. And, yeah, yeah. yeah this, this angle does it more justice, right, when you see it and you go, whoa, that was like some freaking throw, the way that ball cleared over that linebacker. I mean, listen, this is how you know a ball is flying. He is 20, uh, 16 yards away from this linebacker. And the linebacker can't react quick enough he to get his hand late. up. Jumps too late. Yeah. Because the ball is traveling at such a pace that he doesn't react to it in time. I mean, that, that's, that's when you know the guy's got a laser beam for an arm. Got a very quick release. And, yep, that's it. I'm done waxing poetically no, about my man Zach Wilson. That's good. All right. And yeah. that was the play of the effing day for you. you know? <laughs> <laughs> that was your, your play of the day. <laughs> All right, that was good. What'd we do? What'd we do there, Pete? Hour, hour twenty, hour twenty-five, hour forty. Oh, okay, a little more. Hour right, forty. Was, we, I'm not capable. Uh, I, I really like that. I, I don't yeah. often get to sit here with you on yeah. Wednesday and see those plays, but that is really cool to see kind of how teams are doing it because that's that's why football is one of, is the most popular sport is because there are so many different ways yes. to win and execute yes. and play the game, and some work and some don't, and sometimes you need to change and. That's a good look at how those teams are doing it right Thanks, now. Thanks, man. I appreciate yeah. it. It was good having you here today. Yeah. You always ask the right questions. I'm sorry. I probably talk too much, and you're probably like, oh, would you shut up and move to the next play? That's, that's the but whole that's point right. of the Chris Sims Unbutton podcast is, is you talking a lot. Yes. We wouldn't be doing this if you didn't do that. Yep. So. And I thought you might say play of the – uh, not yet. But you didn't say I it. will do it. Twenty thousand dollars is what we need to raise for charity. Twenty thousand dollars for charity. Twenty thousand dollars, and he will say four letter words. <laughs> I can't wait. Hopefully and the homies are like happen. at home and be like, "No, nah, I don't really care that much. Not, not really worth it." <laughs> All right, everybody, check out the podcast tomorrow, Thursday. It's the Me and Florio Picks Podcast. All right, we got that. That's going on. And again, stay involved through social media. Um, I look. I don't pay attention too greatly because I don't want to get pissed off and get in a Twitter war. Good idea. Pete's best at kind of shoveling the stuff I need to see. And yeah. I Pete try to look to at some off. stuff. We I'm, make Pete get pissed off. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm a viewer of social media, but I don't get in the weeds with social media. Okay, that's where I've learned. That's the line for me as far as not driving myself crazy or getting myself fired from NBC. <laughs> All right, that's it. Everybody be good. Check out the Thursday podcast with Florio, like I said. Please subscribe, rate, review. Uh, Chris Sims Unbuttoned, presented by Under Armour. Ahmed, you the freaking man. Thanks as always. Clap it up. Clap it up. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939.